Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Wednesday, May 25th. This is episode number 199. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Hey, Rod, going good. Pretty excited about my new higher speed internet connection. I hear you're pulling, what, 5Gs now or something like that? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I feel like my neck is going through some sort of negative Gs just, you know, watching these windows open. You know, because before I used to die, time my internet with, with a sundial, um, but now it's actually like almost up to, you know, current standard. So all kind of new possibilities for us. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, just to just to think about it. I mean, we could we could almost have our uh, have our video on without fear of, of losing signal or anything like that. So, so yeah, we'll see where it goes. But uh, but yeah, stay tuned, guys. Um, yeah, we may have some new opportunities with the podcast here with with yeah. Jeff's upgrade. Exciting. So uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. So um, so yeah, let's. Uh, I was gonna say we'll dive right in, but you know what, Jeff? I'm I'm drinking something a little unusual, so I thought it'd be fun okay. just to talk yeah. about this. Um, sure. I uh, I'm drinking this this. I'm gonna call it a beer, but um, you might say I'm drinking the Kool Aid tonight because this is <laughs> an against the grain pool boy light, and it's like boy, it's got. I forget what it said. It's um got blackberry in it. Um, beer with blackberry and this uh, it's i'm drinking a pint but don't worry because this is 3.1 percent alcohol by volume so, so lightweight it's a lightweight beer yeah uh-huh. yeah it says against the grain pool boy light i don't know i've ever had a beer that was that low in alcohol wow so um but yeah, I've had a couple sips of it. It's it's got some blackberry flavor in it, so um, doesn't taste too bad. But I don't think it's going to leave 
much of an impression with the alcohol. So <laughs> kind of depends what you're looking for. And, you know, I, I just wanted, I really just wanted something to drink, something to drink while we're talking. So I wasn't really yeah. looking for any, uh, you know, to be impaired or anything tonight. So, <laughs> wow. so I've had, the, I've had that out there for a little bit and I thought tonight's a good night for that one. So, uh, interesting. So, oh. um, we got we got some news, um, Browns news. Uh, of course, Jim Brown, uh, the great Jim Brown, the goat, uh, passed away. Uh, it, it's been a week. He passed away um, May eighteenth, and I guess um, we we last recorded May May seventeenth. So um, yeah, and I don't think the announcement came out till what the nineteenth. So um, he he was eighty seven. Um, you know, lived lived a long life, so uh, so so Jeff, I'm going to get through this one without without any tears. Um, mm. You know, I mean, I mean, not that not that it's not sad because it's the, you know, it's the it's the it's it's the end of uh, you know end of an era, so so to speak. You know, just mm. having Jim Brown around, um, which is. It was just kind of cool seeing him on occasion. I mean, he hadn't been around as much recently, but, um, you know, just thinking back, I was really glad that they were able to um, get him out to the awards show at the end of yeah. last season and, and have him there mm-hmm. when they named the the, uh, the the rushing award after him. Right. Uh, you know, definitely something that was probably longer overdue, but... Um, it's mm-hmm. one of those things yeah. that, that you're just like, man, do this while he's still around. And, and at least they, they did that. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, I, I don't know when somebody's 87 and they pass away. Yeah. I mean, it, it's sad, but you also look at the life they had and, and, um, you know, the accomplishments and things like that. So, um, so, right. So, I mean, we're going to talk and we're going to talk a lot more about Jim Brown, but um, you want to just give some of your some of your thoughts at this point, Jeff? Yeah. um, Like you said, when someone lives to be 87, it's you know, it's a it's a life well lived, uh, a life well celebrated. Um, You know, you want to recognize individuals for their accomplishments while they're alive, not posthumously. Um, and I think the NFL did a good job of that in general of, you know, recognizing Jim Brown for what he was. I mean, he was really, um, stood head and shoulders above everybody else in terms of his ability to carry the football, um, on a, you know, a yards per carry basis, um, through longevity and, and not be injured, um, and not miss games. And, um, you know, certainly there were players who played longer, uh, players who rushed for more yards. Um, but, it, but nobody in the history of the league did what he did in the time period that he did it in and won as many championships at the same time. Um, so uh, when you think about, you know, the various sports leagues, you think of, you know, faces of the league, um, you know, um, in, in baseball, it's guys like, um, Ty Cobb and, 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 um, 
Babe Ruth and, you know, more, more modern times, um, you know, other, other great players who are the face of the sport. Um, you know, in basketball, uh, Jerry West had his, had his outline on the basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think Jim Brown is sort of in that category from a, from a football standpoint. Um, you know, when you get the, the rushing title named after you, there's, you know, that's, that's pretty, that's a pretty big deal for the NFL to recognize that, you know, Hey, this is the guy who set the standard. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think what that did for the Cleveland franchise and, and, you know, in its, in its comeback form in its expansion form was to legitimize us. You know, the fact that we got to keep the name and the colors and everything um, gave us the right to brag on that legacy. You know, the the AAFL championships and, you know, the Jim Brown rushing titles and 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 all those things that that link those two franchises, you know, the original Browns and the expansion Browns. And I think having Jim Brown around in person in that, you know, new iteration of the Browns lended that legitimacy to this organization, I mean, which God knows something that we've, we've struggled with otherwise, you know? Um, yeah. But I think that was important, you know, for, for players, um, you know, who got to interact with him, um, you know, got to listen to him talk about um, his career and, you know, the history of the league and so forth. So purely from a football standpoint, um, you know, an icon in the league and um, for this franchise that, that really meant a lot to our organization and, you know, all kinds of stories aside from that, um, you know, in terms of his life and um, his career after football and, you know, some of the choices that he made and, um, good and bad. Um, and then, you know, his impact, um, in the social justice arena, you know, and, and affecting lives of young black people, um, you know, in a positive way. I think when you look at the big picture, um, you know, just, just, uh, really super impactful individual, uh, for those 87 years. And I don't think many people get that much out of a lifetime. Um, so, you know, congratulations to him and for, for really maxing, maxing out his 87 years. Um, he'll be missed in our organization. Um, you know, we, we were, we were, we were, um, blessed to have his services for nine years here in Cleveland, uh, as a player and then everything that he did for this organization, um, throughout his lifetime. Absolutely. So we'll get back to uh, some Jim Brown talk. Um, let's talk about a couple other pieces of news. Um, Isaiah Weston uh, was put on the, uh, was, what's the actual name of it? The reserved uh, retired Injured list, reserve slash retired list. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess he's just not, was not ready to go for OTAs and he's had a lot of issues with, uh, with injuries, uh, Yep. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, I, I guess it depends how you look at something like this. You know, you, you kind of hate to see a guy get to this point and then not really get a chance to actually, you know, play 
in, you know, in the NFL. But on the other hand, it's, it's probably a good decision, um, you know, to, to move on with his life and, and to try to do some other things. If, if he realizes that, that he's probably at a spot where, where he's not going to be able to recover quickly or recover properly. And, and he's, you know, fearful of more injuries than, you know, maybe, you know, in that case, it's, it's a, it's a smart move to do it now versus saying, you know, I know I'm, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying. And next thing you know, it's three years down the road and, and he could have, you know, been three years into something else. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it speaks to how hard it is to be a professional athlete Yeah, and you know, the, the, the work that goes in and you know, the, the injury risk and, and you know, how much, effort it takes to rehabilitate an injury. Um, yeah, I, I was reminded of, um, and I met, his name's escaping me at the moment, but the Ohio State uh, receiver who caught his first touchdown pass in his last game um, this past season after, you know, four years of knee surgeries and, you know, just how his teammates rallied around him and were just so happy for him, um, you know, to finally be able to play in a game. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know, a lot more guys don't make it than do. And, you know, for Isaiah Weston, it's, it's, you know, it's the end of the road for him probably. Um, he's got nothing to be ashamed about though, because he gave it everything he had. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's the end of this road. Hopefully it's, uh, you know, hopefully he's, um, hopefully other doors will open for him and, and, you know, maybe he's got something else waiting on him and, and, uh, just wish him the best of luck. I mean, um, I didn't look how old, old he is. I I think, um, let's see, he, he was 24 when he signed last year. Right. So he's probably, you know, come, he's probably 25 or will be this, this year or so. Um, He's, he's a young guy. Yeah, he's got his life ahead of him. So um, he'll, he'll um, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, obviously didn't research this. So I don't know uh, what kind of degree he might have or anything like that. So hopefully he's got something lined up. If not, um, he'll figure it out. He's young and, and uh, we wish him nothing but the best of luck. Uh, yep, absolutely. And that takes the Browns down to, uh, if I'm counting correctly, 13 wide receivers on the roster 13 okay so yeah so yeah so Um, so still still lots to choose from yeah yeah i'm not sure who's heaving a sigh of relief over that retirement right now not many guys right Um, yeah Yeah. so uh so um elijah moore i just you know i listened to his comments and um he was asked a question uh, about Deshaun Watson and his ability to scramble and improvise and, and how that fit in with, 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 with his abilities, with Elijah Moore's abilities. Uh Uh, And Elijah Moore said, um, said essentially it it doesn't matter. Um, We don't have a choice because that's, it's going to be part of the game. So, so his comment was essentially we have to adjust to Deshaun. Um, I thought that was pretty, uh, 
you know, pre- a pretty smart uh, observation by a guy who's only, you know, <laughs> only been here a few weeks. Well, yeah, only been here a few weeks, and you yeah. know, showing, you know, I mean, he's been in the league for, for what, uh, two seasons, I believe. Is that right or um, um, two? This is third, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I thought. So two seasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just I thought maybe get your get your thoughts on that. But um, you know, it's a uh, it's just a different type of uh, a different type of answer from a wide receiver than what I'm used to to hearing in some cases. Right. Other than, you know, you know, I'm open, get me the ball. Um, he sounds very much like like he understands what's going to be happening and he understands that, you know, he has to he has to work with what's out there. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be his job to to watch what's happening and and to adjust. And you know, and he talked about the fact that, you know, um that that he's good, you know, he's fine to keep running. You know, he'll run all day and let the <laughs> right. defense get tired. Right. Um, he, you know, and, and yeah, we've seen guys here before who didn't like to do that. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I didn't know if you had any any thoughts uh, beyond that or not, but just uh, just um, a lot to like there with Elijah Moore, just from those initial comments for me. Right. Uh, you know, we mentioned it, I think we were talking to Bill last week about how, you know, everybody has to adjust to, to Deshaun Watson's style of play. You know, the offensive line has to adjust and, you know, we as fans have to adjust also to the fact that, you know, it, it's going to look like a broken play a lot, you know, um, kind of like Lamar Jackson, um, you know, probably some receivers don't like playing with a guy like that. Um because, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, comfortable for them to, to constantly be running around and improvising, right? They want to execute a play and, and know that the ball is going to be at a certain spot at a certain point in time, right? But, yeah. Uh, yeah. And hopefully we'll see some of that, you know, I mean, hopefully we'll see that happen. But I think there's always the possibility with, with Deshaun Watson that, you know, he's going to extend a play with his legs. And I think that's a big adjustment from the type of quarterback play that we had prior to him, you know? So if you think about Jacoby Brissett, I mean, he, he could move around a little bit, but mostly he was pretty much executing the play quickly in the pocket. Mm -hmm. And those guys only had to hold their blocks for so long. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, then you bring in Deshaun Watson and, you know, for the last six games into completely different style of play. So you hope that, having the off season and, you know, training camp together and everything that, that everybody sort of gets used to that and, and they're more effective at it than they were in those last six games. It's, it's, it's gotta take time to, to develop a comfort level among everybody. So yeah. the fact that, that, that more recognizes that and, you know, is, is expressing that publicly um, you know, I'm sure it's all the players talking about that. You know, they're, they're all having mm-hmm. that same conversation, you know, mm-hmm. that, that look guys, we have to adjust to this style of play. We have to understand that the play's not over until the whistle blows, you know, so be ready. 
Yeah, and I'm sure that they've they've. I, I I would think that they've seen tape from those six games last season. Okay, here here watch what happened. Deshaun is here. He drops back. Guys are going out, and then he, you know he. He, you know, he breaks out of the pocket this way, and then he breaks back this way. And look, his receivers are, you know, stopped here, or they, you know, or they're coming back to right. block and all this when they should yeah. be doing this. So they're probably getting instruction on this. Yeah, hopefully. Um, hey, I would hope. And they're saying, okay, that's that's what we did wrong last year, even though half those guys weren't here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you you hope that that's what's happening. So if they can well, ingrain that in the guys from, from the beginning, great. Yeah. You wonder how valuable that film is from a, you know, real execution standpoint, because how often is he bailing on a play too soon because guys aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing? You know, um, he was yeah. certainly rusty, right? He was certainly rusty, but, and maybe the decision-making was a little bit slow. Um, but, you know, I think the third leg of that stool probably is that, you know, the game wasn't happening the way he needs it to happen either. You know, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, hopefully those those three things start to gel together um, in training camp, you know, before we get too far into the season, because it's going to be frustrating to watch if it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I would doubt that they're spending a lot of time on that film, <laughs> but yeah. there's probably some key aspects that they're queuing up to say, "Hey, guys, look at this. This is what we need to avoid." Right. Um, yeah. You know, or or watch what Deshaun did here. This is kind of what you can expect to happen in the game. You need to be ready. But I'm I'm sure right. they're not watching. <laughs> hours and hours of, of those Browns games. I can't imagine that they would be. Um, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. not, not a lot to it. take away from those games. No, it's <laughs> going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot different. So, so yeah, yeah. so, so, um, so yeah, so I did, I did some looking at, uh, you know, Jim Brown, which let's face it, Jeff, everybody has been doing this this week. Um, yeah. Everybody's yeah. podcasts are talking about Jim Brown. So, uh, you know, I wanted to look at this a little bit differently. Um, you know, the the only record Jim Brown still holds is is the yards per game, um, 104.3 yards per game, which which is pretty impressive. I mean, in mm-hmm. fact, he, he didn't miss a game in, you know, in, in nine seasons is pretty crazy, too. Um, right. You know, I was curious uh, because you know you watch the you watch the highlights of Jim Brown and and it it almost looks like it's in slow motion just because of it being old film. You know, so right. I, I was curious. You know, how fast was Jim Brown? Um, and what I found it was that he that he ran a four five forty, but that was in full pads from a three point stance. <laughs> <laughs> so that translates to pretty darn fast. Yeah. So yeah. Th- that's faster than a four or five. I think yeah. it was probably some guy looking at his Timex too, not an actual. Probably. Stopwatch. Let's see. That's four. <laughs> it's between four and five. We'll call it four and a half. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I, well, I'm, I think they had stopwatches back then, didn't they? They, they might have. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when the stopwatch was invented. I don't know if yeah. it was invented in the 
um, you know, in the in the fifties or not, but who knows? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, have no, I think Paul Brown was probably using stopwatches back in the 40s, but <laughs> he probably was. Uh, yeah, it's not as good a story. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, there's so many things that jump out statistically about Jim Brown. I mean, um, you mentioned yards per game, and for me, it's the touchdowns. You know, I mean, 106 touchdowns in 118 games. Um, yeah. He was used. You know, I mean, they they were. The, the Browns under Paul Brown were, you know, they were sort of revolutionizing the, the, the whole idea of the forward pass, right? And and mm-hmm. using ends and and you know, but but man, Jim Brown was he was he got a lot of usage and and in, 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 in tough situations, you know, yeah, um, where you know he would a lot. They didn't track yak back then, you know, yards after contact, right? So right, I mean. I would I would venture to guess that that the probably almost ninety percent of his yardage came after some kind of contact. If you watch the films, right? I mean, he was I knocking guys over at the line of scrimmage and then say. running, right? So um, to 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 score that many touchdowns um, in, in really tough situations, you know, the, that just that kind of gives you a snapshot of 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 how tough he was, you know, how hard those yards were to get, you know, and um, that's a winning combination, you know, when, when you can take a guy that, that really outclasses everybody else on the field and, and score points with him, you know, that, that's really what it was. Yeah. And those 106 touchdowns were rushing. He scored another 20 receiving. So 126 <laughs> touchdowns in 118 games. So he scored yeah. more than one, yeah. t- average more than one touchdown. Yeah. Per game. And I think the broken tackles would be pretty easy to figure. Um, if you just look at his uh, his number of carries and multiply it times, what, three, maybe three broken tackles per or maybe it's four. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah. it, a lot. I mean, some of those runs you watch, he broke he broke five, six, seven tackles. It's just yeah. nobody could get him down. Um, yeah, it, it was just. uh yeah, you just have to figure that people just had to hate playing against Jim Brown back then because well, they I, knew I they think, were going to get think, their butts kicked. Yeah, I think you, you know if you were playing defense against him, you knew at the end of the day that that you'd been in a and you'd been in a match, right? You'd, you'd had a a long day. Um, it yeah. had to be rough on those guys. And you think yeah. about those guys back back in the day. I mean, they were. You know, they were playing football and then going home to their regular jobs. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> they come in all beat up to work, you know, because <laughs> yeah, Jim yeah. Brown got the better of them on, you know, on Sunday. So, um, yeah, I mean, you could you could make some arguments about the times and and, you know, that linebackers weren't as fast and, you know, this, that and the other thing. Guys weren't as big on the line and stuff. But, um, you know, you, you play in the times you're in and, and Jim Brown dominated his times. He did. He did. So, so it's always fun ranking players. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to me, I, you know, to me, I, I'm a Browns fan. So to me, Jim Brown's the greatest football player of all time. I, I don't right. really care, you know, yeah, and people right. on other teams are going to make other arguments and that's sure. the fun of sports, you know, yeah. um, yeah. N- nobody's really right. Um, cause you right. can, you know, um, it's debate is part of sports. 
Um, it, it's hard to argue that he that he wasn't, but there are other guys in the, in the category too that it's kind of hard to argue against as well. So, right. Um, but kind of what I just I wanted to look at a couple of things uh, tonight in particular. I wanted to look at the Browns running backs in general because I want to think about just Jim Brown's impact on the running back list in Cleveland. And how would this list look if Jim Brown had never played in Cleveland? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, would we still consider the Browns to be one of the greatest teams in the league as far as running backs are concerned? Yeah. Um, you know, and then, uh, and then I kind of wanted to get, you know, maybe get your thoughts on, on who your favorite Browns running backs are. And then I've got some guys written down and then I want to talk a little Nick Chubb versus Jim Brown and things like that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, we got some, some things to, to talk about here. Um, but, you know, I found a, a list, which was kind of, which was probably pretty old that ranked Browns running backs because it doesn't have Nick Chubb ranked at all. And, you know, and it, it has Browns running backs ranked as Jim Brown, Leroy Kelly, Mike Pruitt, Marion Motley, uh, Greg Pruitt, Eric Metcalf, um, Kevin Mack, Ernest Biner, you know, as the top eight. Um, and maybe, maybe if you're just counting guys who aren't retired yet, maybe that's pretty easy to say that those eight are the top guys, depending on what order you put them in. Right. Um, beyond that, it kind of depends who you think was who you think was the best and and all that um there are people you know obviously jeff i don't know if if you remember seeing leroy kelly play Mm. i do not i I can't Um, swear to it no um marion motley was way before our time okay but the story goes that marion motley was as great a linebacker as he was a running back. And some people say he was the greatest football player of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, hard to argue when you didn't see him play. Right. Um, there's really no footage of him playing. Um, but he's he's a Hall of Famer. Leroy Kelly's a Hall of Famer. Right. Jim Brown's a Hall of Famer. Right. Um, so to me, you could... You know, I think you have to say Jim Brownlee, Roy Kelly, and, and I'm not putting Nick Chubb in because he's not done. And then, right. you know, and then it depends if you want to put Mike Pruitt ahead of Marion Motley or not. I probably would not because um, Marion Motley's in the Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> right. So I give him some credit for playing both ways and, and being right. an excellent defender, too. Um, mm-hmm. let's Marion Motley, Marion Motley, um, had 828 career carries for 4,720 yards and 31 touchdowns, um, for a 5.7 yard per carry average. Um, I don't think mm-hmm. people like to tackle him either. Right. Um, he was a, <laughs> he was a big, big dude. Um, right. So, uh, so yeah. And um, the rest of the guys, you know, again, it's kind of who you like best as far as uh, Greg Pruitt, Metcalf, um, Mac Biner, those guys. 
I like I like all those guys, you know, um, for right. different for different reasons. Um, yeah. So I'm not too worried about what order you put them in. A guy I want to talk about, Jeff, is 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 a guy named Dub Jones. Have you heard of, <laughs> Have you heard of Dub Jones? That goes back a ways. Also. It goes yeah. way back to the to to um, the inaugural se- inaugural season. He started um, with the Browns in 1948, and he played till 1955. Yeah. Um, Marion Motley played from from. Uh, um, I've got 46 to 53. So, um, anyways, the, as far as the years he played, so, um, so they played together, um, for, for, from 48 to 53. They right. were, you know, they were the backfield pretty much. Right. So, right. Dub Jones listed as a fullback. Um, Marion Motley, I don't have his, his uh, height and weight in front of me, but I believe he was something like 6'2", 6'3", 235, or 240, something like that. Yeah. Um, Dub Jones was 6'4", 202, um, which was also pretty big in the 1940s and 50s. Right. Um, Dub Jones uh, ran for uh, 2,200 yards and scored 41 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Also, he scored more touchdowns than Marion Motley did in his career. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, so if you know, I've gone back and read um, old Browns articles about them winning, and every article I'm reading, has, there's a touchdown by Dub Jones. I'm like, who the hell's Dub Jones? You know, I never heard anything about him. Yeah. You know, another thing, Dub Jones is 98 years old, and he's still alive, from what I could tell on the internet. No kidding. No kidding. Why isn't anybody talking to Dub Jones? I mean, if he's if he's able to communicate and so forth. Really? Huh. He was on That's the 1948 Browns. Um, yeah. Played wow. with Marion Motley and Otto Graham and all these guys. Um, if he's able to tell a story, somebody ought to be interviewing him. So. You know what's interesting, Rod, is, you know, you, you made, made that um, reference to them sharing the backfield um i'm just trying to do some quick calculations here um six seasons they overlapped um and what did you say about um about seven thousand total yards something like that um yeah pretty close to almost seven thousand yards for the career between them so um greg pruitt and mike pruitt also, if I'm doing this right, also shared the backfield for about six seasons. From 76 to 81. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so pretty uh, much, yeah. Yeah, and and they t- they tallied um, almost 12,000 yards. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, short, um, the number of games is one thing, you right. know, uh, right. going from 12 Longer to 16 seasons. games. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's part of it. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, um, wearing helmets, um, you know, able to stay in the game longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you guys that does didn't, make a difference. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Marion Motley had one season where he had almost a thousand yards. Um, Doug right. Jones, I think, I, I 
I just barely glanced at his numbers, but I think he had a season of five or 600 yards rushing. Um, other than that, he was he was in the game when Marion Motley wasn't for the most part. Yeah, uh, I, I think I, I don't know if they I don't know if they played two backs, you know, or three right. backs or what they did back then. Yeah. Uh, you know, without without doing a lot more research. But um, but even just so, a, if you know what, if you if you <laughs> take that one step further. Jim Brown shared the backfield with Bobby Mitchell. So as impressive as the, the numbers are for the two Pruitts, Jim Brown and Bobby Mitchell still had almost 2,500 yards more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, that was only in four seasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, so you're, you're – uh, you're forcing my hand on the Nick Chubb numbers, Jeff. I got to I just I can't wait to get to this. So and this uh, everybody knows where I stand on Nick Chubb. I, I love Nick Chubb and Nick Chubb is the best the best running back in football. Um, Nick Chubb has, here. No, Nick Chubb has played 75 games, okay? Um, yeah. carried uh, 1,210 times for 6,341 yards, 5.2 average, and scored 48 touchdowns. Um, we'll, do, we'll leave the receptions out of this. Um, we, we all know Jim Brown's career numbers, but let's look at Jim Brown's. Um, that, that's five seasons for Nick Chubb. And yeah. Jim Brown's first six seasons, which makes 76 games, so one more game, he carried the ball 1,499 times, so about 300 more times, for 7,459 yards. Okay, so about another thousand yards. Yeah. Um, and 70 touchdowns. Okay, 22 yeah. more touchdowns. Wow. Um, yeah. His 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 average for those first six seasons was 5.0. The interesting thing, in Jim Brown's last three seasons before he retired, his last 42 games, he carried the ball 860 times for 4,853 yards, a 5.6 5.6 <laughs> uh, per carry, 36 touchdowns. People just got tired of tackling him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that includes his, uh, his season when he had like 1,800 yards and 1800 right. and some yards in, in 14 games yeah. but his last three seasons were were pretty much his best um mm-hmm. and so so you're saying the browns need to extend nick chubb i'm saying don't worry about nick chubb slowing <laughs> down if he is, if the guy's talent you know the, the guy's um special players you know I yeah. think Jim, I think I'll bet Jim Brown could have played three or four more years if he wanted to easily. He, I mean, sure. he was on his prime. Yeah, he was on his prime. He wasn't slowing down. He he was getting he was he was at his peak. He was at his best when he retired. Yeah, um, mm. without a doubt. I mean, he was he was uh, he was piling up the numbers, just yeah. piling them up. Mm. So. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, not a slam on Nick Chubb, but, but the thought is, you know, when when I watch Nick Chubb, I swear he's getting better every season. You know, it, yeah. that's not going to happen, you know, every season. It can. Yeah. But 
I feel like he's getting stronger. He's getting smarter. He's running better. He's making better decisions. Um, you know, so it's it's he's gaining experience, and he's he's uh, you know I think he's getting a little bigger, and he's not losing his speed, and he's you know and and he has not lost anything yet. So mm-hmm. you know I I hope it continues. Um, yeah, just he's I mean he's a special player. So yeah, I mean yeah. he's gonna have to do it for another five or six years to pass Jim Brown. Um, but, you know, if he does it for one more year, he's going to be number two on the all-time Cleveland list, which yeah. is not bad yeah. company to be in. I mean, he would need, he would need, um, he could put up, what, four, four seasons around 1,500 yards, and that would put him, like, in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's it's a long ways yeah it's all it's still a lot of work to do yeah assuming that you know that the browns want to stay on that sort of pace of you know running the ball and as we've talked i think the, the, the offense has to transition to more of a passing attack so it's gonna gonna reduce i think nick chubb's role a little bit um, so I, I don't know if the, if the 1500 yard pace is realistic in in what we expect the new offense to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he could easily get, you know, a thousand yards a year over the next four or five years and, you know, end up in that 11 to 12,000 yard range, um, yeah. and be knocking at Jim Brown's door, you know, not not in the same amount of games or, you know, anything, but uh, just through longevity, if he stays healthy, you know, he's got, got to be a little lucky too. Right. But um, yeah, health, health has a lot to do with it. Yeah. But I mean, literally that this time next year, we're going to be talking about him being the number two running back all time in Brown's history, barring one of those calamities. Um, You know, even if it's an off year for him, he's going to be, number two on the all-time list ahead of a hall of famer Leroy Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, just another reason that it's going to be uh, a fun season for the Browns. Um, I mean, assuming that happens. So, so yeah, yeah, so that'd be cool. Let, let's hope that happens. Um, sure. So we've talked about some of the guys near the top of the leaderboard, um, you know, the most accomplished running backs in Brown's history. Mm-hmm. And I just I made a list of a few other guys who played running back. So I thought I'd throw out some names, um, kind of get either get your thoughts on some of these guys or maybe um, maybe you could come up with some guys who have been your your favorites to watch. Uh-huh. Over over uh you know, over the time that you've been a fan. Yeah. Um they may maybe these guys, maybe not. Um there there have been a lot of guys. So um and the more I wrote names down, the more guys I kept coming up with too. So um and these are in no order. And I'm not saying these guys are are great running backs, but these these are all guys who flashed at least at yeah. one point in time for the Browns. So um, first one is uh, Trent Richardson. We'll get him out of the way early. 
He actually, I mean, he actually had a season where he rushed for over 900 yards yeah. um, for the Browns. Um, Hard to believe. Yeah. Uh, but more important than that, they got a first round pick for him. So, um, <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> uh, Jamal Lewis on the back end of his career, he had some, he had what, uh, two or three good seasons for the Browns. Um, Peyton Hillis had one nice season and made the cover of Madden. Um, mm-hmm. William Green, I mean, who can forget, you know, even if he didn't rush, rush for any other yards, that run William run play. Uh, right. You know, and Isaiah, Isaiah Crowell never rushed for a thousand yards, but he was the Browns leading rusher um, two or three seasons in a row with, you know, eight, nine hundred yards. Um, yeah. Pretty good back. Ran a little bit angry. Um, <laughs> You know, yeah. kind of a, kind of a fun guy to watch um, when the Browns weren't really as talented, maybe as some other other seasons. Um, yeah. And then your guy, um, <laughs> Ruben Drones. Um, okay. Yeah, he actually had a, a twelve hundred yard season for the Browns, and then um, Leroy Horde, who never really put up big numbers, but he was fun to watch. Um, I mean, he, I remember, I remember getting frustrated and you getting frustrated because Leroy was hard to get down and he just wouldn't go down and then guys would strip him. So, um, but man, he, he, nobody tried harder than Leroy Horde to get that extra yard. So loved having, having him on the team, loved watching him and everything. Um, just kind of a, a fun guy. So um, why get your thoughts on any of those guys or anybody else you can think of? Yeah. I, I mean, I'll start off with the era when I really started kind of watching Browns football. Um, and the, the guy that um, sort of comes to mind for me was uh, Charles White. Um, yeah. You know, out of USC. I think it was the Browns drafted him. Yeah. Um, you know, big, big expectations. Heisman um, winner. Heisman winner. Yep. Um, you know, had a, had a pro bowl season with us. Um, just never really got to the promised land. Never, you know, reached his expectations. Uh, but man, he was a fun guy to watch Ron. Um, yeah. you know, short, short guy, kind of a little, I don't know if I want to compare him to, to, um, Kareem Hunt, he was not not as violent a runner, mm-hmm. but just a shifty, you know, kind of a guy. Um, yeah, fun somewhere to watch. in that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, then after him, I think the guy that I really enjoyed, you know, next sort of phase of, of that team was, you know, going from the cardiac kids to the to the Bernie Kosar era was Kevin Mack. I mean, Kevin yeah. Mack with those shoulder pads that you could land an aircraft on. Um, you know, com- coming through the line at you just had to be intimidating as hell. It know? just said, don't even try to tackle me. <laughs> right. I will just level you with these shoulder pads, man. Right, right. So, yeah, so I don't know. The, the, the couple of guys I, I think I really enjoyed watching. Um, we've been blessed to have some really good running backs in the history of this franchise. Um, guys at the beginning of their careers, guys at the end of their careers. I mean, like Jamal Lewis had a couple of good years here. Um, 
I, I, as far as, as guys who just did it for long periods of time, you know, that you, you could really identify with, you know, um, I think Kevin Mack was a you know really good one. Um, you know, another guy from that era that, that really doesn't get much recognition because he, he just didn't get as many snaps. Cleo Miller. I don't know if you mentioned him or not. Um, no, I did not. And I just yeah, thought of so, somebody else since you brought up Cleo Miller. So, um, yeah. So, so Cleo Miller was, you know, he was the rotation back. Right. And I mean, he still ended up with 2,300 yards, you know, over the course of, you know, eight seasons. Um, but he was a pounder. He was a, you know, he was one of those guys that came in on third down or, you know, when, when the starter needed a rest and, you know, you could just count on it. He was fun to, fun to watch. Yeah, so I believe around that same time, because that, that, that's about when when I really started watching, you know, the Browns, the, you know, yep. 79, 80. It's Cleo Miller, I think, on the same team was um, Calvin Hill. Yeah. And he was, um, it, it seems like the Browns had like eight running backs on that team. <laughs> they just brought in guy after guy to do different things. And I think Calvin Hill was the guy who would, um, I think he was more the, the, the probably the third down, um, you know, guy to throw yeah. to out of the backfield guy. Yeah, he had been think, around forever and he wasn't right. going to drop the ball. Um, right. Cause yeah. he had played a long time and he was sure handed and you just, you knew if the ball went to him, he's going to catch it. Yeah. Um, Calvin Hill played from 1969 to 1981. Yeah. I was going to say, it <laughs> seemed like he was, yeah, he was what? Yeah. He was, uh, Probably in his, his mid, well, he was probably in his mid thirties at that point. huh? Yeah. Yeah. Over 6,000 yards in his career. And uh, yeah, we, we caught him at the tail end, you and I. Um, and so at that point he was sort of more of a, you know, role player, um, leader by example. Um, but yeah, he was a great teammate. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know how I remember that, but um <laughs> Yeah, way down the list if you're but, if you're looking at Brown's rushing leaders, but uh, oh yeah, yeah, but, but part of that um, part of that fun era. Yeah, and I mean guys like that make an impression on you because uh, you know when you when you start watching the team, you remember stuff like that. I remember so. another guy like that who I I'll tell you I really liked watching this guy run and and you know kind of like watching Eric Dickerson run, you know how he just picked up his knees and and you know he was gone. Uh, we had this guy for a couple seasons, uh, Ontario Hardesty. Um, mm-hmm. Was you know, I, you just you, you always you, you were waiting for him to break one, you know, um, and because he just he he had that look like Dickerson, you know that, um, you know, he, I'm just going to celebrate all the way down the field, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, just a couple of years and you know, just never really happened for him here. Well, he wasn't he like he was like a second round pick or something, and he had uh, so, yeah. he, he had an injury like his first season. Yeah, he, he barely played, and then I think he came back, played some the second season, and then he was yeah. gone. Yeah, uh, I think that's what it was. Now you mentioned yeah, he, it. he looked good, but they um yeah they they just they moved on quickly. Right, right, yeah. So, um, yeah, we could do a whole another show on guys who um you know we thought were going to be good out of the right. draft. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, I um yeah, I I really didn't look anybody else up, Jeff. So 
<laughs> I don't know. I've got the whole list here in front of me, and it's it's lengthy, but um, a ton you know, of guys, a ton yeah. of guys. But. Um, you know, like we've been saying, the 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 first half a dozen or seven or eight of them, um, you know, are really the big deals, and you know, um, we've been lucky to watch most of them play in our lives. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I remember. I mean, honestly, I don't remember Greg Pruitt as much out of the running back spot. He was um, doing more kicks, I think, you right. know, by the time yeah. we were watching him. Um, yeah. But, you know, I remember Greg Pruitt playing. And, I mean, Mike Mike Pruitt was – he was just a great back, you know. Yeah. He yeah. was. Um, and then, you know, and then we pretty much went right to right to Mack and Biner, mm-hmm. you know, after that. Um, um yeah, in fact, uh, I'm trying to figure this out. So, um, yeah, Biner, Biner, um, Biner's rookie season was Mike Pruitt's uh, last season. So, um, right. it's funny how much these guys overlap. And then mm-hmm. I was looking at at um, Eric Metcalf. So, um, yeah, no, Kevin Kevin Mack played 85 to 93. And then, um, so he played, um, he played a long time with Eric Metcalf, uh, but Eric Metcalf started in 89 and Biner left after 88 and came back in 94. Yeah. Mac Mac left in 93. So the three of them didn't play together, but they all played, you know, two of them played together quite a bit. In that era. Yeah. Yeah. In that era. So. Yeah, Eric Metcalf um, to me was was more of a special teams guy. I mean, he was most of his, I think, great impact was on um, punt returns, right? I mean, he, Bill Belichick wanted to make him a between the tackles runner, but um, he really wasn't. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, he he's been on the show and talking to him. It, it's like um, he said that if he were in today's game, he would be, you know, he would he would be. Um, you know, he might still come out of the backfield, but he would be one of these guys who would who would um, probably catch passes. And, right. and he proved that when he went to Atlanta. He went to Atlanta and caught 100 balls. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. he had the ability. He had the move. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, he's still he's still one of the um, one of the top all purpose guys of all time. Right. You know, um, I mean, he he definitely. Um, you know, if you're if you're putting special teams guys in the Hall of Fame, Eric belongs in the Hall based on his special teams, his all-purpose yards, because he measures up with anybody in that area. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. so um, yeah, and 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 that's despite the way he was used. You know, <laughs> yeah. he, he could if he were used differently, you know, or, or played in a, a different era, he he would have put up a lot bigger numbers probably. Yeah. So, Almost so yeah, eight thousand um, yards from scrimmage just to yeah. How accurate. many guys have that? Yeah, <laughs> not many. Yeah, not many. So, so um, so let me let me get back to the uh, to the question, Jeff. And this is no disrespect to Jim Brown at all, but if Jim right. Brown never played in Cleveland, would you still look at this cast of running backs as as one of the best, you know, in the league? 
I don't know. It's hard to say, you know, when you got a couple of Hall of Famers there. Um, hard to say no, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the other great backs in the league, I mean, um, you know, Dallas has had a lot of great backs. Um, you know, yeah, you kind of you kind of have backs. to you kind of have uh, to look at the list of how many how many Hall of Famers each team has had, and there right. there are teams who have had um, several. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so yeah, I I still think you look at us as 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 having had some great backs, but Jim Brown definitely changes the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. I would agree. I mean, he he's still he's set the standard. Um, right. you, you kind of wonder if, you kind of wonder if, if the Browns, you know, if, if they hadn't selected Jim Brown, if it would have changed the entire way the franchise had been built, you know, all, all these years with, with, uh, you know, with the strong running backs kind of, you know, yeah. Yeah. um, where it's kind of been a philosophy mm-hmm. to, to have these guys, um, you know, I, I guess you're always looking for running backs, but um, but who knows? Who yeah. Knows? So. Yeah. I mean, the thing we didn't even mention, Rod, is that I mean, Jim Brown was a, a once in a lifetime athlete. You know, he lettered in four sports. He he could have been professional at any of them, and you know, he chose to play in the NFL, um, and and set the standard for running backs in the NFL. Um, he could have just as easily done that, you know, in, in another sport. I mean, he was, I heard he scored five goals in a lacrosse game once or something ridiculous like that. I mean, he, yeah, they, he, they say he's the greatest lacrosse player of all time. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he could have know? gone to the Olympics, but he chose to train for the NFL instead. I mean, you know, it's just we 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 can't in today's world in today's athletic world you know all of these guys are such great athletes you know so mm-hmm. physically built and everything and we just can't appreciate how far ahead of his time Jim Brown was athletically yeah and and that's interesting because and I've been guilty of this too but the the question comes up every now and then, who's the greatest athlete of all time? And the names that come out are, um, you know, Jim Thorpe, uh, Bo Jackson. Um, yeah. You know, maybe you know, it's guys who, who played in two leagues. Um, you know, maybe right. Deion Sanders, you know, guys like that. Um, Jim Brown doesn't come up typically as the greatest athlete of all time. Well, because people just can't, people don't have that frame of reference, you know, because they, they didn't see him do more than one thing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Bo Jackson's the, the greatest athlete I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah. Because no, I, I was agree. able to, I was able to watch him play football for the Raiders and baseball for the Royals. And he did things in both sports that made him better than pretty much every other player on the field. He, he, he you know was I mean? dominating two leagues at the same, you know, in the same year, <laughs> right, which right. is ridiculous. He was um, a five-tool yeah, athlete. You know, he, he the, the throws from, from you know, left field um, on a rope, you know, like, <laughs> that other athletes yeah. just couldn't make, you know. I mean, and, and 
you know, if he hadn't gotten hurt, um, my God, he, he, he would have rewritten so many record books. Um, yeah. because yeah, he was, he was just a ridiculously talented individual and, and Jim Brown could have done those same things in, in Bo Jackson's era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But yeah, yeah, it's because people didn't see him play lacrosse. Uh, people aren't familiar with him playing the other sports, things like that. So yeah, um, yeah. it's understandable. But, right. Um, but yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, he had a huge impact. Um, definitely, definitely. I'd say he's going to be missed. He's missed already in Cleveland. And um, yeah. hopefully the Browns can do something special for him this year. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Um, you know, they'll they'll honor him throughout the season. Um, I mean, how do you continue to honor a man who's been honored so much already? Yeah. You know, you just you you just need to honor his memory um, with, for me, with a successful season. That would be the best way to honor his memory. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I was saying. Hopefully, the team will do something special on the field. Yes. In his yes. in his memory, you know, um, yeah. that would that would be um, I mean, sure, we're being selfish as fans hoping for that. But, um, you know, it, it would be fitting to do something great this season for in, in Jim Brown's name. Yeah, definitely. So. All right, Jeff, well, uh, let's uh, let's get some final thoughts. And then we'll we'll go ahead and close it out. Yeah, I don't I don't know how I can really add to that, Rod. I mean, um, if if the Browns can go out and have a Super Bowl season, that would be the greatest possible way to honor Jim Brown. Um, but man, if just just if if we finally see progress and some kind of rewards from all of this time that this, this franchise has spent toiling in mediocrity um, and can, can finally turn the corner to respectability and competitiveness consistently. Um, man, I'd, I'd take that too. I agree. Ending this season and feeling like the Browns had turned a corner I think that would that would be a pretty nice tribute. Yep. You know, if they if they could win something big, great. But turning a corner and feeling like they're finally headed in the right direction, uh, it, it would be it, it would be great. So, so got it. we'll hope for that. So, this has been the Browns Blitz. We thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Yeah.